Welcome to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, exploring leadership in nursing through inspiring conversations. Today's episode is sponsored by AACN Certification, offering professional nursing certifications in over a dozen specialties and subspecialties, with information available at aacn.org forward slash credentials. Now, here's your host, AACN's Chief Clinical Officer, Connie Barden. This is Connie Barden, and I'm really excited today that I get to talk with two frontline staff nurses that have the most unusual story you probably have heard in any of these podcasts. Today, I'm going to talk with Jess Curtisi and Craig Dixon. Both of these colleagues are staff nurses at the Wexner Medical Center at The Ohio State University. So Jess and Craig, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So Jess, I'm going to start with you. Um, now you're working in the medical ICU there at Ohio State. Uh, you came over there in December of 2019, but you were elsewhere prior to that. You want to tell us a little bit about your story and how you ended up there? Yeah, I started um, working on the progressive care unit at Ohio State as actually my first nursing job and began working in the medical ICU at the end of December 2019, so right before the world changed. So that means you've been a nurse since 2008? something like that? Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure we'd say you transitioned to the ICU. You probably just felt like you got tossed into the <laughs> ICU and then COVID arrived. I think the transition from any nursing unit anywhere else can be taxing as it is. Um, you know, getting used to a new environment, new co-workers, new providers that you're working with. I came out of orientation, I think it was in March or April 2020. So it was just at that time, I had just started to feel like, okay, I think I can do this. We'll give it a try. I, I know how things are supposed to work. Um, and then I came out of orientation and it was take all of that and throw it out the window because we're changing everything. New policies, new protocols for when we intubate patients, isolation, visitation, just all out the window. Absolutely. New disease we never even heard of. We're not even sure how to treat it, all of that. And luckily, I understand you were tossed elbow to elbow with Craig, who was your preceptor, thank goodness. So Craig, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your journey to the MICU and where you've been in your nursing career? I was outside of the healthcare field for a good portion of my adult life. And then I got a change, went to school, and I got a job here at Ohio State uh, simply as an SNA finished school and was hired directly into the MICU. Been through a lot of transitions, multiple floors, multiple locations here in the hospital. I love it. It's fulfilling, intelligent uh, co-workers, being in a field that is truly virtuous at its core and uh, to make a difference in uh, people's lives on a minute by minute and daily basis. And then to echo what um, Jess said, to go through everything I've learned, to precept all the nurses, to precept her, and then for COVID to hit. I mean, just what a unique experience. It's once in a lifetime. We're all better for it, you know, as professionals. Um, and hopefully we can learn a lot from it, make some protocol policy changes, procedural changes, and come out on the other side. 
I love that philosophy. Absolutely. That's, it's a very powerful place to come from. Thank you. Thank you for that. Just coming back to you, I understand that you've had for a while a passion for palliative care. And uh, suddenly now at the start of the pandemic, you find yourself brand new, fresh out of orientation. And here you are in the medical ICU, which we know is ground zero for a lot of uh, COVID patients, especially at, in the surges and so forth. You had to be people's family. You held their hands when families couldn't be there. You were right at the front of all of it. So we're going to come into the focus of today, which really has to do with you and your doodling. But uh, we'll get back to that in a second. But in general, what were your thoughts about? How did you cope? How did you stay connected with your teammates? How did you take care of yourself, so your mental health in the midst of all of this craziness that we all had to go through? Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, throughout my time on progressive care, I think I had lost, you know, a handful of patients. When a patient dies, it's typically their family is present. Um, and there's there's more circumstances that are within the patient and family's control. So limited experiences with death on my end. Transition to the medical ICU, I expected more death, you know, working in an intensive care setting. But I remember specifically in the in early COVID, um, when we were the most restricted with visitation, we had some of the sickest patients we've had. And really, we'd had no treatments at that time. I remember in one week, I had, I think it was three or four patients that passed away without family. And I wow. sat and held their hand. I gave them the medicines they needed to treat their symptoms. And it was, it was a mixture of emotions. There's a sense of honor, I think, being with someone on their last moments on earth. And it's heartbreaking. It just, it just breaks your heart because they're not with the people they're supposed to be with. You know, they're not supposed to be here. They're not supposed to be holding a gloved hand with, you know, a big masked face in front of them. How do you cope with that? How do you go home at the end of the day and just let it go? That was the hardest thing for me. I certainly bottled a lot of it up at first. I had a hard time opening up to even friends and family about it. I didn't want to tell them what was going on. It was hard to talk about, and I didn't want to make other people sad. Eventually, I had to learn through, you know, thankfully, counseling, mindfulness, that I needed to feel those emotions, to let it out, to cope and grieve somehow so I could keep doing this job that, that I wanted to do. And painting was one of the things that was an outlet for me. It helped me to feel those emotions in a healthy way, um, grieve and reflect on my patients so that I could kind of honor them in a sense and think about them, but remember why I'm doing this and why I'm still going to go back the next day. I love how you said that. You were looking for a way to help you cope so that you could keep doing the work that you love. Wow. So you found the thing that called to you. So you said painting. And I've been told that this kind of stuff starts out as doodling. So for the uninitiated like me, does your creativity start with doodling like on the back of a napkin or do you start on some big thing there with uh, paintbrushes? How does this go for you? <laughs> Sometimes it starts on my report sheets at work. Just, you know, if I have a minute, I'll just, I don't know, doodle a little bit. It's a nice thing to just kind of take your mind off of things. On my days off, especially if I'm feeling, you know, anxious or a lot of emotions, then I, I try to pull out my sketch pad and, and just draw some things. So Craig, 
you got this preceptee over here who's starting to doodle on her report sheet and all that kind of stuff. Are you just sort of amused by this as this is unfolding? Because early on, you didn't know where this was going or is this something she kept in her PPE where you didn't see it? Well, if I look over and I see a preceptee doodling, my first question is, uh, what, what's going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I had never noticed that, you know, just the general tenor of the, the unit. Uh, we, you know, we were all just buried. I saw the finished product, you know, so I can let you have, you know, talk to her more about it, but it was quite beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it too. And, and we're going to tell the folks who are listening in just a second, how, if you want to take a look at it, how you could, you could Google it and pull it up right now. But before we do that, Jess, so you had this doodle that turned into a thing that's called angel lungs which is actually first then became a painting. Is that right? I was painting one day as a, as a way of expressing uh, my grief, mourning my patients. And that was after that week that I mentioned where I had withdrawn care on several patients that was weighing pretty heavily on me. This painting in my mind was a way of not only, you know, creating some stress relief and, and taking my mind away from the news and social media, but imagining my patients who had passed Finally, at rest, um, maybe they're in heaven, maybe they have these beautiful angel lungs and they're no longer struggling, they're not suffering. So that was just, you know, my hope for them at that point. If I was the person listening, I would be saying, show me where this is. So, so what would you, for those, those folks listening who are near a computer and they can Google it, what would be the quickest way that they can pull this up as we continue to talk? So if you Google Hope Blossoms shirt, or Hope Blossoms t-shirt, uh, the first thing that comes up should be our link. And it's a bonfire um, fundraiser page where you can see the t-shirts that are for sale. And if you scroll down, you can see the original painting as well. And there is a dupe out there. Um, there's another website that kind of made a copy of ours. So make sure that you go to the bonfire.com link that should be at the very top. Very important, very important. We're gonna talk more about that fundraiser thing in a second. But um, not only did you take this doodle, turn it into a picture, there was a caption that went along with it. What was the essence of that caption and, and some of the words in that? I painted this image in, I think it was in May of 2020, maybe June, I can't remember exactly. I had no intention of sharing it. It was really just, um, for me and for my my own you know mental health journey coping and it was later in July I decided to take a picture of it and post it on my own Instagram account at this time I can specifically remember there was just a lot of debate argument going on online on the news about mask mandates mask mandates and it was just so much political drama anger people tearing each other down over these things when all I could think about were my patients and the people who were at the hospital, even, you know, the healthcare workers who were working tirelessly extra hours to cover the units. This is a time when we need to come together more than ever. Why are we tearing each other down? And so I posted a picture of my painting and in my caption, I had a brief description of what it's like to work in a COVID ICU. What do you see? What do you hear? Um, what is it like to sit with a patient while they take their last breaths and they're dying from a respiratory illness? You know, it's not a pretty way to die. 
And I said at the end, there was kind of a call to action. Like, can you love your neighbor? Can we just look out for each other? That's absolutely amazing. So what sort of response did you have? You, you posted on your Instagram link or whatever. Then what happened? Immediately, I started receiving a lot of messages from friends, family, coworkers saying that this is such an important message. Thank you for sharing. I had some people say, you know what? I've been focused too much on the politics. I've been at home. I didn't realize what was going on. So thank you. I remember that night, Craig texted me and said, this is something special. We should talk about it. I was like, okay, cool. Let's see, you know, where this could go. And later over the next coming weeks, months, the post in a sense went viral. It was, I had people telling me it was shared in other states. It was posted in a newspaper in another country. Someone showed me it was printed and out and hung up in a break room at a hospital in Colorado, just places and, and people I were never friends with on Facebook. So it was amazing that it actually traveled that far. And I hope that it, you know, spread the message a little bit too. You know, the premise of these podcasts is leadership. And boy, is this, you didn't even know, I would say you probably call yourself an accidental leader from this experience, right? Here you are trying to keep yourself focused and sane. And now this thing happens and the world is turning to you. You're helping lead them in a way through this experience. And I understand that what you said was it wasn't just nurses that responded to your Instagram. It was other people too, like <laughs> civilians, as we call them, non, non-nurses. Yes. Yeah, so you were able to move, touch, inspire all kinds of people. But I think you also touched Craig because Craig, you know, you text her that night and said, wow, this is something big. So what were you thinking as you saw all of this start to unfold? Well, obviously I was first drawn to the painting and then on Instagram with the caption that she mentioned, it read so well, it really echoed uh, the pain, uh, the grief, it captured everything that we were dealing with as nurses. And it spoke not only to us, but it, sp- it spoke to everybody. You know, I'm talking to coworkers, I'm, I'm talking to the people. And like she said, this is something. I, I don't know exactly what this is, but you know, what do nurses do? You put something on a t-shirt, you raise money. And it, this seemed like the perfect thing to do. I took a straw poll, just of some colleagues and some people around the hospital. What if this was on a shirt and it was to raise money for charity? Is this something you would support? And it was overwhelming. I mean, it was a no brainer. So that's, that's when we talked, but just that initial vision of the painting and then the words. I think the words is really the hook that got everybody's attention. And I think that was, was the driving force moving forward. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So we're talking about this fundraiser. One of you or both of you, if you want, tell us a little bit about that. Who picked it up and what is the fundraiser all about? Who's it for? I just wanted to give kudos to to Craig because this wouldn't have happened without him, truly. It was his idea to do the t-shirts and he pushed me to do it. Um, I was nervous at first, you know, I've never sold, you know, a shirt with my painting on it before, a painting that I never really intended to share in the first place. So he helped give the confidence boost I needed. And it turned into something greater than I think either of us had really ever imagined. I think I remember him telling me that first day, 
like just just wait, you'll see if we sell this many shirts, we might make $500. Today, we've raised $19,700 for United Way. For a certain purpose, right? Yeah, so I started researching. Um, there's so many great places that we could have donated to, um, but I found that United Way has a specific COVID-19 community response fund. So this specific fund that United Way um, allocates funds to people in the community who are disproportionately impacted by COVID. So some examples were daycares that needed money to try and help, you know, continue taking care of kids. There's people who lost their jobs due to COVID, people who actually got sick from COVID. So I loved the idea that the money we raised from these shirts would pour directly into our community and support the people who needed it the most. So it's in your local community, would you say it comes back into Columbus, Columbus, Ohio? Yep, it's in Columbus, Ohio. That's absolutely amazing. So, okay, just in case people missed it the first time, they're going to be going crazy if they can't look at this thing. So again, if we Google Hope Blossoms t-shirt, right, and it'll go to a website called bonfire.com, and then you'll be able to find it on there because uh, this is pretty exciting, $19,000 that you've channeled through United Way to go to your local community specific to COVID relief. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. Craig, so she's given you a a lot of props here for being the one to shove her to jumping off the cliff and doing something different. Tell me about that. That's kind of a great role as a preceptor, mentor, coach, friend. I had a lot of experience in doing that, but this one was different and, and she's not lying. Jess was apprehensive. So I mocked up two shirts. I worked with a local printer, got one for her and one for me, and they turned out so well. I have a feeling that when she put on the shirt, there was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I mean, the the artwork was fantastic. It was seamless. It's almost like it was meant to happen. It was meant to inspire. It was meant to raise funds and create resources for people in our community. It was meant to make people happy because once this thing went live, it seemed like every nurse on our unit had the shirt. There was people in other units, other nurses who were buying the shirts that we would see out and be completely surprised that they were even aware of it. You know, when this thing grew beyond our unit, you know, we were just going to be happy if our, our staff nurses, our coworkers, would buy it. Back to your question, I was happy to be able to push her off the cliff because <laughs> I knew I knew full well that she'd fly, and this was a great idea to fly with. Yeah, no kidding. And the results speak for themselves. Jess, let me ask you then. Obviously, you're probably still taking all of this in, but there are a lot of people out there who have creative leanings and so forth, and might just need a little shove or a little encouragement. What words of wisdom would you have to folks to sort of tap into their creativity uh, in general, but also as a way to help you deal with tough things in life or in your career? Everyone's approach to coping, to mental wellness is so unique, and it needs to be what works for you. And this is something that I found worked for me. But I do think in general, um, you know, taking time, just making sure you're separating yourself from the news, from social media sometimes, and trying to engage in something creative. 
can be really great for all of us. I actually read somewhere too that creativity helps oppose burnout. And I don't know if there's um, evidence behind it. I wouldn't be surprised if there was, but I've seen how it's helped in my own life and helped me to process difficult emotions when it's something that's hard to talk about. Absolutely. And doesn't necessarily, you don't have to be an artist. You could be a musician, you could be a potter, you could be a gazillion different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. May I add something to that? Please. My experience has taught me that creativity starts with an individual typically. You know, it could be, you know, like you said, music or, or art. But, you know, for something like this, you need people. You need to hear from somebody sometimes to inspire you to act or not to feel validated. But, you know, for someone who, in Jess's case, created this artwork, wasn't confident about sharing it, but she needed words of encouragement. We all need words of encouragement for those big first steps into something new. That's what I'd like to add is if anybody out there is wanting to do something and they have an idea, find people, find like-minded individuals, find a cheerleader, find a mentor, find someone to put gas in your tank. That way you can move forward um, and not by yourself. You're moving forward with people. More energies created with more input, more ideas grow into, into movements. Brilliant wisdom. And, you know, so I'm just going to call you, Craig. That's what I was going to say. 1-800-CALL-CRAIG. <laughs> Because I definitely get that you're a natural, how lucky they are to have you in that role there in the MICU. And Jess, how lucky you were that you stumbled in and Craig became your preceptor, you know? Yeah, I was really fortunate. He's a great teacher in a lot of ways. So, you know, we could talk about this um, forever, but as you kind of think about this thing and we've painted a picture for folks about the wonder of, of what you did, what impact, I'll ask each of you this, whatever you want to say, but what impact do you think this would have on you moving forward? What have you learned? How might it change things going forward? Anything you want to share about that? Well, first and foremost, you know, an appreciation for how short life is and how precious it is, you know, just communication with the people that are important to you. Something else too, is I think working bedside throughout this experience, you know, in the ICU, it helped me you know, as we talked about, we got a a front row seat into end of life. And me, it sparked a real passion for end of life care, what the nurse does at that point. And, you know, at the end of someone's life, there's so many things that are outside of our control. We see that every day in the ICU, there's so much that we can do for a patient, but in the end, you know, sometimes it is what it is, but there's things that we can control too, like who's there at the bedside, when it's the end of a patient's life, what conversations can we have to help make this experience a little bit more comfortable for the patient and for their family? You know, what things can we do to try to ease their suffering? So this kind of opened my eyes up a little bit to the importance of palliative care and how the palliative providers, not just, you know, during COVID-19, but in all situations can really enter into these sensitive scenarios and help bridge the connection between Um, the patient, the family, the providers, and just create patient-centered care. So in my future, I hope to work in palliative care, you know, kind of using these past experiences, keeping them in my heart as reminders of what happened and, you know, where it all began. 
Yeah, no doubt in my mind you'll be a raging success at that. Craig, anything about the impact of this and how it might shape your future or alter it a little bit? Well, besides being scarred, if we were to talk about the hope blossoms itself, you know, the message is so uplifting because it's not done in a time of despair. You know, when we were actually in the creative phase of this, she had the angel lungs. And then we had this idea about, okay, what can we do to move forward to help drag people through this and come out on the other side? Let's come up with something kind of catchy. Hope blossoms. And then we also had on the shirt and with the message, kindness is contagious. I guess you could say it's a play on words with the contagious part, but we really wanted to inspire feelings of, of hope and of, of looking towards something future oriented. That was a, a big takeaway uh, from this. And it's lasted two years. It's still going on. And this is even the kind of message that can be applied to other things. We've actually talked about with COVID kind of being in a different phase right now, maybe attaching this message to transplant. You know, there's going to be more transplants coming up over the few years from people with long haul COVID. You know, their lungs are, are going to be in bad shape. So if we could take this message and put it in, like, say, a transplant scenario, we'd be able to raise funds for them. And who knows what that would look like. But it's, it's a message that can keep moving forward and keep being applied and keep inspiring hope because hope does blossom. Kindness is contagious. You just have to have people grab the message and move with it. And when you put it on a T-shirt and people walk around with a T-shirt, that's movement. They see the message and they might also be moved to action. So that's what I've taken from this. And hopefully we're not done. I don't think either Jess or I could say it any better. And there's one last thing, and we'll call this like the cherry on top for talking with y'all because I forgot to ask you. Something happened around the Super Bowl in 2020 and all of this thing. Uh, what was that, Jess? You made a phantom appearance at the Super Bowl. Tell us about that. <laughs> Yeah, that was a big surprise. United Way nominated both Craig and uh, myself as, I think it was for Healthcare Heroes. We were two of the people that were selected to have cardboard cutouts of ourselves at the Super Bowl. So that was pretty cool to see. <laughs> and well-deserved, I would say. Absolutely. You know, we started this podcast with the notion of thinking about doodling and creativity what you all shared with us really was a very personal and, and in a way vulnerable journey that you all had. And I can't thank you enough to come on and talk about your own vulnerabilities and your journey through COVID, tending to your own mental health, um, not keeping it bottled up, using whatever works for you to express your grief and your mourning, despite the fact that, yeah, there's a sense of honor with being the person there and someone's dying moments, but how very hard it is when it's you and not their family. But then I think the other thing besides tending to oneself and our own mental health is the power of coming together. And Craig, you said it beautifully. It starts with an individual, yes, but it grows when we come together and support each other and collaborate and inspire each other and lift each other up. And 
give encouragement and confidence. So we'll wrap up today's segment first with my absolute gratitude for both of you and being willing to share that. And um, we'll remind people bonfire.com is where the shirt lives, or you can just Google Hope Blossoms t-shirt and it will take you there. And we'll close with your words, which is a reminder that hope blossoms and kindness is contagious. Thank you both so much for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to the American Association of Critical Care Nurses Leadership Podcast, proudly sponsored by AACN Certification, with information available at aacn.org forward slash credentials. We welcome your thoughts on this episode or ideas for future topics. Feel free to email us anytime at podcasts at aacn.org.